Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Well, welcome, Suze, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So you and your partner, Ben, have been together for four years. Can you tell me how you guys met and how you guys came to be a couple? Ben and I both grew up in the same town, but we never really met until we were very much into like our early 20s. And Ben was home for his Christmas leave period. And I made a sort of last minute decision to go out on New Year's Eve. And, you know, I met up with a couple of my friends who did cadets with Ben, like, for years and years and years and they introduced us and it sort of went from there and as the time progressed sort of thing we realized that we had like so many friends in like the same circles but we never actually met each other like his best mate lived four doors down from me but we never met at all so you know it's sort of quirky how the world worked in saying that he was back for christmas leave where was he going back to when you guys, I guess, met? Because how do you become a, a couple when he's home for a couple of weeks and then off he goes back to his posting location? So at that time, Ben was still finishing his OJT training, his job training, and he was based in Townsville. You know, he was very honest about, you know, what he did and everything like that. So he was home for, I think, four days longer. And we met up, you know, over the four days, that sort of thing. And I suppose in a way we sort of just fell for each other. And he told me that he had to go back to Townsville. But, you know, if I ever wanted to come to Townsville, you know, he'd love to see me. And I flew to Townsville, yeah, a couple of times to see him. And then he sort of um, got a crushed bursar in his shoulder. And that was sort of like the light bulb moment of I care too much about this guy to not be involved despite his job and you know the hardships that it was going to bring and what it meant for my life and yeah I moved to Townsville three months after I met him. When he left after the Christmas leave was finished and he went back to Townsville did you like you parted ways knowing that you were into each other but thinking there's too much distance we'll just stay friends or? It was sort of more that we were scared of things that we didn't know how it was going to work. So once you had been communicating for a few months and like you mentioned, you made the decision to move to Townsville, I guess, to see what was between you guys. What had to happen once you made that decision to move? Like, was it just a matter of quitting a job, packing up and moving or what was the process for you? For me, it was, yeah, pretty basic, I'd say. Like I had to, you know, leave my job. At that time, I was still in uni. So I just changed all my programs to be external and, you know, just packed what I needed because I was still living at home at that time. And yeah, I just sort of packed it all up and headed north and 
moved in with him in Townsville. How did it go? Because obviously people that live near each other and see each other every day that have been dating for three months and then move in together, you know, that's quite a quick turnaround to move in with each other. How did it go from, I guess, long distance to moving in together? I think for us, it was fairly sort of seamless. We've always just made it work without having to try to make it work. The whole moving in process, because we live with his best friend and his girlfriend and they'd only been together sort of similar time frame as us same age group as us so I think it sort of worked well because it wasn't just me and Ben it was you know the four of us and I sort of got a built-in friend so you know I wasn't so alone so I guess it wasn't so hard the pressure wasn't all on Ben because you had like you mentioned a built-in friend because there was someone else there I guess going through the same thing that you were going through as well yeah yeah it was actually really good sounds like it took like sounds like something that we we should introduce that sounds good oh a hundred percent like I don't know like that first year was pretty cruisy but like the years after that like once Ben was qualified and like when field started and everything like that I don't know how I would have handled it without you know having that sort of family so what does your partner do he's in the army what does he do in the army and does it take him away a fair bit Ben's a craftsman and is a fitter armorer so basically what I tell people is he fixes sort of like guns and the weapon vehicles with him being a craftsman he does go away quite a bit sort of one of those trades where they need to be qualified to sort of do it like it gets to a point that you know if something's broken it has to be sent to one of them to get fixed kind of thing so every time there's a field exercise you know there has to be like a couple of them go out because obviously can't really just send one of them out to try and fix that many things if something goes wrong so there is quite a few of them that go out he does go away quite a bit but he did um one deployment while we were still posted in townsville so that was seven months and that was when he went to Iraq. Okay. And how long had you guys been together when he went on that deployment? That would have been about three years we've been together. And were you fairly settled by that stage and okay with him going or how did it go with him being away? I was still 22, 23 when Ben deployed and we went to all the info nights and I read all the pamphlets like literally anything that I could sort of get I would sort of just read into and was just trying to process it all because like I think we all know as you know defense partners that deployments are a real thing for us and more likely than not you know at one stage your partner will deploy but for me I think I always just pushed it to it'll be later in his career that he'll deploy and when it sort of came up like when he went to Iraq it was just sort of like oh I've got to deal with this now I struggled to process it like a little bit and you know no matter how much information I got it sort of just never really processed fully for me that you know he was going to Iraq and you know he's going to be away from home and like all the stuff that comes with deployments like it just never really processed with me so I suppose that deployment in a way was pretty hard for me I didn't have any coping mechanisms and I sort of just imploded in the way that I just had to do everything myself 
and I wouldn't ask for help and, you know, I wouldn't talk to anyone because I just didn't think that I should need to. Did you think that you should be able to cope with it or what were you Yeah, thinking? like in a way it was just like, you know, my partner's going to a war zone and, you know, he's doing this big important job and all he sort of needed me to do was keep our life here running. And to me it was just like, well, it shouldn't be that hard. And in the end of it, I sort of really damaged like my mental health because I just couldn't ask for help because I just felt like I was letting people down if I did. So then what happened as a result of that? And I guess you're then, if he has to go away again for another deployment, are you going into that fairly traumatised from the first one or have you sort of worked through those feelings from the first deployment? I think towards like the end of his first deployment, his um, best mate sort of just put his foot down and was just like, no, you need help. You know, I'm going to come over and I'm going to change light bulbs or mow the lawn or whatever you need me to do. I'll help you. When he did that and like his girlfriend as well, like she would come over and like would have a cup of coffee and she'd ask me like how I was going. So it wasn't so much me not being able to do it and deal with it, but it was more so that someone was asking. So it was okay for me to tell them. I'm really grateful for that because that sort of saved me the last few months of the deployment. I felt less alone. Yeah, I think going into, you know, future deployments or future fields, like I'm not going to lie, I have struggled a little bit with, you know, him having to be away and, you know, I'd have anxiety and sort of like meltdowns. But um, in our new posting, I decided that, you know, I need to work on this and like I obviously need to be able to be okay just because of the nature of the army. So mm. I uh, reached out to Open Arms and went through the like their channels to see like a psychologist and like start dealing with all my underlying issues and anxieties surrounding him having to be away and like how I can deal with that without having another anxiety attack or having another meltdown and I think that's really sort of changed my outlook and changed like my sort of perspective on why he goes away and like that I'm going to be okay if he has to go away again and you know these are all my avenues and these are my coping mechanisms and I'm just in a better situation yeah. If he did have to go away again. And I think sort of going through that first deployment, you know, was always going to be hard if I was ready for it or not, because there's like a huge difference between him just going out field for a month to him being away for seven months. I think now, because I've done it before, you know, I can do it again better. It sounds like you were feeling like your feelings weren't valid because you're back at home living your normal life. You still get to enjoy whatever you want, do whatever you want. And he's over in pretty much a war zone. So what have you got to complain about kind of thing? Yeah, I think that sort of played a huge part in it. And I did get some, I suppose, bad advice. And it was sort of just along the lines of, you know, you can't stress them out, you know, don't let them know that you're struggling. Like just trying to keep them being, you know, the boys deployed, you know, my partner 
partner sort of in their zone and that, you know, everything's peachy at home. You don't need to worry about me sort of thing. So like that sort of was really, I suppose, the sort of thing that triggered my some of my issues now because it's like, you know, I don't want to stress my partner out because, you know, he's got this job to do and I can't interrupt that so I think like that advice sort of really twisted my sort of mental like my mentality a little bit yeah to be like you know it doesn't matter what I'm feeling my partner has to be able to do his job so I just have to lie to him I suppose in a little while like in a way to make like it be like you know everything's fine it really wasn't on the same token I mean to a certain extent yes it's okay to do that but on the other hand if you're doing that and they don't really know what's going on at home and then all of a sudden everything erupts and implodes at home and they're getting a message to say that I can't cope with this anymore that's it I'm done they haven't had any lead up to that so they're like what what's going on for sure like I know there was a couple of times when he was deployed that he'd just get like this phone call and like I'd just be like in complete meltdown and I suppose for him like it just came out of nowhere because the day before or a couple days before like I was fine and everything was great and then all of a sudden everything's just not after dealing with everything it's sort of okay to not be okay and have you spoken to him about the fact that you got that advice and that really did have an impact on you and is that what he would want you to do yeah like when he came home you know he got some time off and you know he talked about his time over there and everything like that and he did ask you know what was happening here is like because I know nothing was fine then like I told him and he was just devastated that that's what I was told that I was basically told to you know just keep quiet and fall into line it was like devastated and sort of like angry yeah as I've come to realize from speaking to my husband he wants to know what's going on to be able to stay connected with his family and his loved ones back home as opposed to everything happening back here without him even knowing about it and then him coming back and realising that he could have helped in some way by at least, you know, sending a message or an email saying, I'm thinking of you and I know you're doing it tough as well and keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an awesome job sort of thing. Not that that's going to fix things, but at least you know that you've got that support from afar as opposed to him being totally disconnected and coming home and going, oh, wow, I didn't realise you'd been through that like you mentioned your partner had said. In a way, he was sort of disappointed in himself Not that like he had any blame at all, but really sort of hard on both of us coming back to the realisation that, you know, it was two completely different experiences. Like there's the one that he had like for himself being deployed and the one that he had, you know, thinking that everything was good at home. And then like the one that I had that was sort of struggling through a majority hard deployment. And so because of... I guess that bad advice that you got and then the issues that it then caused you. Did you ever at any point think, I'm not going to be able to do this for the rest of my life? How am I going to do this time and time again? Hey, Military Wife Life community. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. 
In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. Not really, like not for me at least. I always sort of kept in the mindset that this was just one part that, you know, I just have to get through and like broke it down into like time frame so it didn't seem so long. And it was always just, you know, I just have to get through this deployment and, you know, then he'll be home for a little while and just sort of broke it down into that. So like I never sort of contemplated not being able to do it because... I suppose I still loved him more than the meltdowns. And it sounds as though once he came home and you guys talked it through and he agreed that that was bad advice that you've been given and he didn't agree with you not sharing with him, I guess going into any future separations by the sounds of it, you had a mindset of how can I do this better next time so it's not as bad as that first deployment. The first few times he had to go away for like course or field or whatever, I sort of still wouldn't admit really that I wasn't coping. So like I still had that like really bad anxiety about him being away and like a lot of like what ifs sort of going on and messing with me. But um, after we moved, I sort of realised that, you know, I can't keep doing this. I don't want to spend the rest of my life and the rest of like our lives worrying about when he has to go away next and especially because like what he does he does have to go away quite a bit and it's just like you know that's too much of my life my time to spend like ball of mess and I was just like you know I don't want to do it anymore and like I don't want to be like that anymore so that was sort of the turning point where I was just like you know I'll reach out with the help of you know the programs that defense fund and that sort of thing and like I'll get the help to be able to be okay genuinely be okay not just grin and bearing it sort of thing. Once he was back how long did you guys stay in Townsville and then where did you post to after that? During his deployment, he had to do his like schema interview and like his posting preferences because it was a posting cycle for him. So when he got home, he basically knew, you know, where they wanted him to go and he still had to do like a couple of testings and that sort of thing. But uh, we ended up moving over west for the posting. So so the complete you know, opposite side of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So how did it go moving, I guess, because Townsville was not very far from, well, in the grand scheme of things, not very far from where you'd move from and your family. How did it go going from Townsville and being not too far from family to all the way over to the other side of the country? It was an adjustment for me, absolutely, but sort of Ben was used to moving around, so he wasn't too concerned. It was really good in a way that, you know, it was a Christmas posting period, so, you know, we had until the sort of new year to get there so we could spend time with our families over Christmas, so we got that part and, you know, we took our time going down the East Coast and, you know, stopped to see, like, friends and other family members and that sort of thing before we, like, headed across, but 
but being like our first complete move and not just me moving up there it was sort of a juggling act to get it all done and meet the dates that Toll needed us to do and pack the stuff that we had to because I worked up until a week and a bit before we moved. How did you go about making friends when you got there finding a job how did that all work? Job-wise, like, I've always sort of been very lucky and I sort of, I got my job, I think, within a week of living in Perth. Like, I got the phone call when we were all on our way over and they wanted me to come in and meet them and do the job trial thing and obviously, like, I was just very honest with them and, like, I've always been very sort of honest with, like, my employers of what my partner does and, like, what that sort of means for me and that kind of thing. So, like, obviously, we weren't even in town yet. So, I just told them, I'm like, look, I'm not going to be here for, I think it was four more days. And, like, they were very understanding and they were still like, yeah, no worries. How's this day, this time sound? And worked it all out around when we were going to be getting there. And from there, I sort of got hired pretty straight up. And, you know, I love my job. And my bosses are very understanding and they're very great with, I'd like, you know, time with my partner when he gets home from being away. And like, they're very good with that. You know, that's always like never a problem for them. They're like, yeah, no worries. We'll just change your roster so you can have your days off, you know, when he gets home. Really sort of refreshing and it's like really good to sort of know that I've got that support and that understanding from my bosses even though I've only been there like a small period of time. How long will you guys be there and what's your partner's general posting plan like where will he go next or you don't really know what's going to be happening? This posting I believe is a either a three or a four year posting but he can ask to be extended like an extra year so I'm pretty sure he's planning on doing that and posting wise he always has like these like big picture plans and he wants to you know do this course and be qualified in this and be here and that but he sort of also knows that it's not so much what he wants it's sort of what the bigger sort of picture like bigger than him sort of picture is like where they need him is where we'll go we have plans of like what we want to do and like where we want to live and that sort of thing and but it's also that you know we're not going to be disappointed if we don't go to Brisbane or don't go back to Townsville or something like that. So it's yeah. sort of like an ideal picture, but, you know, we're happy to move where we need to and Ben's happy to work where is needed because he loves his job and he loves what he does and he believes in what he does. So, you know, he's sort of happy to do it wherever he's needed to do it. Have you guys spoken about kids and how they might fit into the plan and postings and moving and jobs and deployments yeah like in a way like obviously like we don't have kids now and we sort of talked about in the next sort of five years or that sort of time frame that we'll start thinking about like having our own kids but it's sort of it's not about where we're located so much for us we want to have our own home and like be financially stable and actually feeling like we're ready to bring kids into the mix have you made use of any of the spouse 
support in Perth or gone to a community house or have you done, made use of any DCO events? How have you connected in with the defence community over there? They've got a really great um, auxiliary program for defence spouses. So like they put on like lots of different events and different style events and just sort of to integrate the spouses sort of into the unit there. So like it's really good in like that regard and like it's lots of different sort of programs like trivia nights and like yoga or you know lots of different sort of activities. So there's always sort of something that interests everyone they have like their newsletter and stuff like that so you know you're still part of the unit even if you don't go to the events so you sort of still feel part of the community when your partner goes away outfield or in the future i guess when he deploys again what are some of the things that you do to help yourself feel a bit better or um, to focus on yourself and not on the time spent apart For me, I think I always boost my hours at work because like my job's very like hands on and no two days are sort of the same kind of thing. Like there's always something that I have to concentrate on and think about. So that always sort of helps me like if I'm at work a little bit more because like I can't sort of deal with having my partner away and then like whatever comes up at work so like I just get to focus on my job and my career and doing well there and that sort of helps me cope because it's like I'm there and I'm not in an empty house and it's really good in the end because it sort of allows me because I've done so many hours that you know I can take time off when he gets home like I can take extended time off and you know we can go away for a little bit you know I always find something new for me to learn to sort of keep me occupied so learning like a different language or like sort of doing the things that I've enjoyed doing in the past that like I don't get to do so much I'll bake or whatever not for any real reason just because I enjoy it and it calms me down a little bit or I'll write or We've got two dogs, so they take up a lot of time when he's not home because they're very uh, full of energy and very overdramatic animals. <laughs> dramatic. So they keep me busy and they sort of help as well with not having been home. So any words of wisdom for, I guess, other spouses just starting this journey? Is there a mantra or something that you say to yourself to keep you going on the days where it's a little bit much? I think my biggest advice is that, you know, it's okay not to feel like you've got it all under control and it's okay not to be okay and you can ask for help and it doesn't make you not good enough. And yeah, I think it's just accepting things as they come and not trying to fight against them so much. Yeah. It would have been fairly early on in his deployment that like I was just on Pinterest looking at like I think it was care packages like box designs and that sort of thing because that's what I also did while he was away like I'd like decorate his little care package box thing that I sent to him and like I came across like this poem or prayer or whatever you want to call it and like it's 
first lines was, Lord, grant me the greatness of mine to see the difference between his duty and his love for me. And that sort of like resonated and like during his deployment and his field and all that, it sort of always pops up in my mind, like when it's getting a bit hard and it's just like, it's not so much that he's away because he doesn't love me, that what he does and our relationship, they work in together because like we have a life together but you know he's not picking one over the other that just because he's got to go away for work and you know this is what he's trained for and this is what he does it doesn't mean that he's picking that over his love and you know he his want to be at home and his want to be with me and his family and like the dogs and everything like that everyone's on their own journey but often it can take longer to realize that and even though when you say it you think oh it's so simple to think of it that way but when you're in the thick of it in you know the first few years or even six seven eight nine ten years it's really hard to separate his loyalty or their loyalty and their their duty from their love and their commitment to their family because often they overlap and they don't have any choice about their duty but it yeah like you mentioned and like the poem says it doesn't lessen their love for you and for their family well thank you so much for coming on the podcast Suze I hope that you guys continue having an awesome time over in Perth and then when I guess inevitably the next deployment comes up or the big field trip away comes up that you continue to focus on yourself and continue to focus on making things better for yourself back home, uh, which then makes it better for your partner and everyone's experience, really. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 